Williams is scorching hot. Patty Mills back in. Mills is open. Money for Patty Mills. Mills. Oh, yeah. A three ball for Patty Mills. Seven for seven. Australia, how are you going? Happy opening night of the 2021-2022 NBA season. That's right, it's NBA Australia. It's Wednesday, October 20 all day. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. Rolling Stone, Triple J, whoever else wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff. I'm here in lockdown Larry Armour Studios, only to be locked down for apparently one more day. Oh, but bro, you still got to wear your mask outside. Anyway, look, here I'm hanging out, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA season, because it's here. That's right, it's here. None of the nerd shit either. We're just here to tell you how how it is. No qualms, no problems. And we're going to be to talk about today, don't we? That's right, the season's here, so we've got all the good stuff. We have final team tiers. Basically, who's going to win it? Who's got a chance to win it all? That's going to be towards the end of the show. We've got the two games of opening night, so welcome back to That's Not a Knife. Old mate, no mate, spud of the night, better than Lonzo Ball, panting of the evening. And, of course, we've always got yeah, nahs. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. We've got our back take house where we're serving up a flame-grilled take. And I think we'll have a Shane Hill shoot-a-shoot-shoot-a-shot-light-em-up award today to go with a great moment in NBA Australia State history. A bit of a combo. And uh, that's going to be really fun because we've got the Australian Player Watch back today. We've got the NBA Australia game previews and picks. And, of course, a new Jingles HR. Woo! All right, let's get right into it. There's so much to cover. NBA season 21, 22 is here. This is NBA Australia episode 681. Let's go! All right, remember this season support for NBA Australia is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I reckon that rhymes. What do you reckon? Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.Zip 4.0, all across Australia and New Zealand. And you heard that right, 4.0. That means there's been three before this one, and this one's awesome. So join over 2 million men Worldwide, he trusts Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Strayer at manscaped.com. Seriously, I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0. I was blown away by the performance. It is absolutely unreal. You're shaving your jewels with a sleek, well-designed, optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. I'll tell you, there's been a few times where you're taking care of business and bang! you got to explain yourself to old mate and it's just, oh, it's all embarrassing. Tell you what, the lawnmower is very, very fun to use. I'm, it's got a light, and it's got the ceramic blades that no Nick advanced skin scave technology. I feel confident shaving with boys, and so will you. So go check it out. You've got wireless charging. Look, if you've been shaving with basically your face with your, your old nut trimmer, what are you doing? You're doing it wrong. No one wants, like, pubes in their mouth. <laughs> Seriously. It's time to get your own ball hair and body hair trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice, smooth boyos. So get 20% off with free shipping with the code STRAYER 
at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Seriously, get 20% off and free shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code STRAYER. Unlock your confidence and use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. This is Matthew Delvedover and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Uh, you better, or you better watch out for the Chuck, Kenny and Charles. No, Chuck, Kenny and Shaq attack. Jeez. If you're Kyrie, it was nice to see them all come after him about being a shitty teammate and not getting the vaccine because he's a moron. So that was really good on Inside the NBA. It's good to have him back. It's just good to have the NBA back, isn't it? Yes, it is, Jimmy. Yeah, you're not wrong. Right, let's get into it. The way we start every show here in NBA Australia with the Daily. Whip around. Boom! That's right. Opening week is here, but of course we cannot escape the Simmons saga. Of course not. Because old Box Hill Benny, old Benny the Bricky, went and got kicked out of Sixers practice by Doc Rivers, which was hilarious, and suspended for a game because he's being a bit of a dick. Seriously, the uh, stories rounding out about this one uh, really makes Simmons seem like an absolute shit bloke. Not talking to anyone in the actual like organization, the security guards, the trainers, the coaches, his fucking teammates, anyone in the facility, basically practicing practicing in his trackies with his phone in his pocket yesterday and then gets kicked out today when he basically refused to participate in any sort of team drill. So Doc went, nut nah, on your bike, mate. Fuck off, home. So Ben just left and went home. Uh, pretty interesting because Joel Embiid said after it, look, I'm not here to babysit anyone and I'm here for that because that's the right approach. Simmons is just being a fucking giant distraction at this point for the rest of that team. Doc reckons he'll be back at practice after their opening game against the Pelicans. We'll see if that actually happens or if they just keep him away. Uh, because remember, if they do keep him away, uh, they'll have to pay him. He has not gotten paid since he came back to the Sixers. He's been fined for missing practices, games, etc. like that. So now the suspension comes and Doc still wants him playing. He wants him there, and that's kind of cool. I'm here for it. Let's do it. But at the same time, Simmons has to actually pull his head in and, I don't know, be a fucking teammate in a team sport. I'm just saying we'll get to a bit more of this later, as you might expect, uh, but not great and not the right approach, one might think. Marvin Bagley, similar vibes. His agent, Jeff Schwartz, goes off. Sacramento is in four. Marvin Bagley is not in the opening right No. Opening night rotation, which is completely baffling. It's clear they have no plans for him in the future and yet passed on potential deals at last year's deadline and this summer based on value. Instead, they chose to bring him back but not to play him, a move completely contradictory to their value argument. This is a case study in mismanagement by the King's organization, Schwartz said. Are you ready? Oh, it's the Sacramento Kings, of course. It's a study in mismanagement. Their entire franchise is a study in mismanagement. What are you doing? Hashtag free Marvy bags. Uh, we'll talk about some of the players getting extensions in just one second. He was not one of them, surprisingly. Uh, and I guess, actually, we'll just talk about those now because Jaron Jackson Jr. got an extension, four years, 105 million. Uh, we had 11 extensions for 2018 draftees, which is pretty interesting. Uh, so Luca got the max. Jaron Jackson Jr. got his. Trey got the max. Wendell got four for 50. 
Uh, Michael Bridges got his four for 90 the other day. SGA got the max. Michael Porter Jr. got the weird uh, max as well. Similar vibes. Kevin fucking Porter. Four years, 65 mil from the Atlanta Hawks. Kaka. Grayson Allen got two years, 20 from the Buckaroos. Sham. Wow. Landry Shamit got four for 43 from Phoenix. Phoenix out there throwing money at everybody except the number one pick. Jeez, Robert Sarver, do you think that'll bite you in the ass? No, I'm an idiot. And, of course, Robert Time Lord Williams. Four years, $48 million for him. So not getting rookie extensions from that draft class were the number one pick, as mentioned, DeAndre Ayton. Number two, Marvy Bags. Number six, Mo Bamba. Number eight, Colin the Sex Man. Sexton, Kevy Knox over there for the Knickerbockers of New York City. And Miles Bridges, the other Bridges, over there in Charlotte, which is pretty interesting because I guess Charlotte is sort of looking to see how their rotation shakes out this year before committing any more money. Pretty interesting stuff. But the deadline was, uh, we mentioned this on Monday's show. Basically, it came out afternoon Tuesday, Monday morning. Yeah, Tuesday morning, basically. And so we had a couple that snuck under there, which is kind of neat. Good to see Jaron Jackson Jr. get one. I'm happy with that. See if he can stay healthy this year. The other big news was the NBA 75 first reveal on opening night tonight, which is pretty fun and Really, really cool. So we did our top 75 uh, for the NBA players this year, which is kind of fun. My all-time list is pretty much like, I don't know. This is not ranked, remember, the old NBA 75. They're just saying, these are seventy, the 75 best in whatever order you want to put them. And it's pretty unassailable for the most part. So we had the holdovers from NBA 50. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Tony Archibald, Charles Barkley, Bob Cousy, Dave Cohens. Julia Serving, George Gervin, Hal Greer, Moses Malone, Kevin McHale, George Mike and Hakeem Olajuwon, Bob Pettit, Willis Reed, Oscar Robinson, Dave Robinson, uh, Bill Russell, John Stockton, and Elvin Hayes. There you go. And the new additions in the first reveal of the first 25. We've got 25 more tomorrow and 25 the day after. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Steve Nash, and Dirk Nowitzki. Checks out. I mean, I, you can't argue with any of those. <laughs> you know? It's pretty weird. I mean, cool. Good stuff. I'm happy with all that. You can't really argue with it. Um, the weird one about, like, um, I want to say Jerry Lucas. It was a weird one because he was very good for times and at the same time never really dominated Never really took over everybody and kicked ass and took names. He was a very good player, but I don't know. It's a bit of a strange one, but whatever. Here we are. Um, what else we got? Not much. Do you want to get into the game wraps? Should we do it? Should we do it? Let's bloody well do it. All right. The game wraps are brought to you by DraftKings Australia. That's right. The new season is here. And the boys from down under are battling it out all year from here on out. So thanks to our mates at DraftKings, you can get in the action as well and take on the competition. If you think you've got what it takes, you can take home thousands in prizes and entry is cheap as. If you're new to Daily Fantasy, look, no worries. It's super easy. Here's how it works. Just create a new DraftKings account. Make your first-time deposit. Join a contest. Pick your players. Stay within the salary cap. Sit back. Watch them. Climb the leaderboard for your shot at massive, massive prizes. So all you need to do to enter is go to dkng.co slash Straya. That's dkng.co slash Straya. Uh, all the links are also on our socials, on the website, all that sort of stuff. So go check it out as well and get your picks in before 
all the games tip off. Make sure you select the uh, contest, whatever contest you want to do, but I always enjoy doing the uh, full day contest. And make sure you get picks in before tip off. And it's great. Sit back, see how you go. Have a crack at it with me. Right, enter now, draftkings.com. And have lots of fun. DKNG.co slash Australia. Right, Brooklyn! The Milwaukee Bucks got their rings and then handed the Brooklyn Nets an absolute beating to their rings. I'll tell you that much. 127 to 104. Oh, ring ceremony games can be a bit of a letdown usually for the ring team, right? Because like, everyone's super fucking hype for like an hour before tip-off. You get your ring. You watch them today. Giannis is stoked. The fans are just beside themselves. Brooke Lopez is just like, I'm like, you stole my money for five years in Brooklyn, Brooke. Fuck you. But then I felt a little bit good for him. Um, But either way, like the first two minutes of the actual game were a bit of a mess as well. I think Brooklyn scored first and then Milwaukee basically decided not to miss, which is a pretty bold strategy, but I think it's a good one. Um, the Nets started massive, right, with KD, Blake, and Nicky Claxton in the starting five, trying to stymie some of that size of the Buckaroos, but the Bucks sort of took took it on early, right? Like, the Nets, they took a big lead, the Bucks from the very get-go. As mentioned, they didn't miss. But that's kind of the weird thing about the Nets. Like, they've got so much firepower, they can always stay in touch, and they did because of Patty fucking Mills! Woo! Patty Thrills, I told you, the only bloke holding him back was Greg Popovich. Anyway, off he went, 7-7 from 3. But he and Harden actually really kept them in touch early. And then the big, big run sort of came from KD late in the second, third, and off he went. But then, like, they could never really pull off the big run in this game, the Nets, to get it right down to, like, four. Like, they got it down to eight early in the fourth quarter, but the Bucks turned around and went on, like, an 11-2 run. And that was essentially the game. Even though the Bucks lost Drew Holiday to a heel contusion, uh, they said after the game, Buds reckons it looks all fine. The MRI came up clean, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but especially late, like, Patty had a couple, you know, one or two missed little runners in the lane. And there was a couple of weird jumpers, like, Jevion Carter just couldn't hit the sign of a fucking barn. LMA, LaMarcus Aldridge was horrible. Blake just couldn't get anything anything to go. I think Patty created, like, a beautiful open shot for him. And Blake just, like, back-rimmed it so fucking hard that it nearly broke the backboard. KD kind of did an, enough to sort of keep them within striking distance. But then, without Harden out there in the fourth quarter, while they're giving him a bit of a rest, the Bucks just put the hammer down and the game was over. And I guess that is, like, when you've got Harden and KD and you sort of stagger them and you kind of... Cross your fingers and hope that dudes like Javion Carter, etc., can keep you in the game. There was very little Bruce Brown until the very end for the Nets, which was a bit of a strange move, I thought. I don't know if you should be playing LaMarcus Aldridge as much as they did. I think they'll change that <laughs> the next couple of games. Get him a bit of a run under his belt, ease him back into it a little bit more. But like Harden was sort of keeping them in it early. Him not being out there late was a bit of a problem. And that's where you miss Kyrie, isn't it? Like... Paddy going off for 21 is really, really good. And it's a you know hell of a statement for his MVP season. <laughs> Fuck six man of the year. Let's go MVP. But, I mean, when you've got the third fail safe, right? Just makes it a little bit easier, especially when they lose Giroux. But that was also the sort of confusing thing. Like, Brooklyn's D, it's never anything to write home about. And then today, you just saw it fucking absolutely put to the sword. So good job by the Bucks. Durant starts off slow, finishes amazing. Ends up with 32 and 11. Uh, four times shot 13 after 25. He started two of eight. Got cracking at the end of the second quarter. Looked incredible the rest of the way. God damn, I love watching Kevin Durant play basketball. Uh, Harden, flip side, 
He and Patty were their primary offense, primary offense early. Harden finishes with 28 and 8 with a uh, was it like a handful of turnovers. And just look that little bit slow later on. Look, this is just, you know, early season sort of stuff. Patty starts off just absolutely El Fuego, 21 points, 7 to 7 from 3 playing the obvious and crucial role off the bench. Looked amazing. And look, this is one of the things. People mentioned it all off-season. I hit this a couple of times in the last two season previews. There's no reason to believe Patty's going to start in place of Kyrie. They just go, all right, Harden's our point guard. We'll start Joey Harris at shooting guard, and we can play KD at the three or the four, however we want to face, like, you know, basically throw it in there. We can play Bruce Brown. We can throw in, as you saw today, Blake and Nick Claxton, whatever. Uh, so Patty coming off of the bench as the uh, bench gunner. It's going to be amazing. I loved it. It was great today. Joey Harris, look, hit three threes, but didn't... Every time he did anything off the bounce, it did not look good, Joey Harris. Blake looked pretty underdone as well. Everyone else was rubbish. Jevion Carter was out there proving why well. the Suns were like, ah, geez, that's a shame that he's leaving. Um, the defense is pretty handy from Jevion, but Jesus, otherwise. LaMarcus, as mentioned, unretired. It didn't look like it for most of this game, and Thrillsap had three rebounds in his five minutes. A couple of weird moments where there's a couple of fouls where you're like, oh, yeah, a couple of pressures. It's like some, oh, that's not bad of your veteran big man. James Johnson, similar vibes, but they actually gave them sort of nothing. So for the Bucks, seven turnovers to 12, out-rebounded them 54 to 44. That's a uh, pretty good recipe for success, isn't it? Giannis was unstoppable. Pull up three, seven to nine from the free throw line. Hey, Ben, are you watching? Says everybody. Uh, 32, 14, and 7. He's an absolute fucking boost. Mitty Middleton. Old Kate Chris Middleton. 29 and 3. He was really good. Blopez at 8 and 5 with 3 blocks. Just completely erased some dudes there. Paddy C. Paddy Connaughton. Shot 8 of 13 for his 20 points. 4 of 9 from downtown. And Grayson Allen. Oh, jeez. I hate him. But damn, he fits well on this team, right? Just an absolute gunner. 10 points. Six assists, four rebounds, nailed some threes. And uh, how's Jordan Nawara? He was the difference in this game. 15 points, six rebounds. Every time the Nets looked to make a bit of a run, Nawara was there to get a block. Uh, he blocked the shit out of KD. Or just like randomly bang in a three. Just get some sort of junk bucket. He went three or six from downtown. He was awesome. Played his ass off. Good job, Jordan Nawara. The Bucks win the ring ceremony game at home. The Deer District is in a frenzy. You love to see it. Brooklyn dropped to 0-1, Milwaukee 1-zip. And then the second game, the Warriors go into LA and beat the Los Angeles load managers. That's right, the Lakers 114-121. The Warriors win it. Fun, fun, fun game. Because if you're like me and you don't really have a lot of time for the Lakers, gee, is this a fun game to watch. <laughs> They dominated for three quarters and then got their ass kicked. It was hilarious. Proper arm wrestle early. Mello got involved. Lakers are up 10. A lot of turnovers. Like Steph was getting hounded by Bazemore. He was on his team last year, obviously, and so was Avery Bradley, literally like two days ago. Um, but a lot of weird turnovers, like trying to find Jordan Poole. AD was crushing it. The Warriors really didn't have anyone to cover him. And then they did. Because AD just went, oh, I'm actually just going to shoot some more threes, man. It's like, that's the worst idea, Anthony. What are you doing, mate? Russ and Rondo were playing together. Russell Westbrook and Rajon Rondo. At no point has anyone thought, geez, it would be a good idea if we played both of them at the same time. And I reckon they were the only reason the Warriors were still in it at halftime. It was like 59-53. There's 38 points between AD and LeBron. 
LeBron started off six of six. Rusty was one of seven. Uh, Steph went one of seven in the first uh, little bit. And then in the first half, what did he end up on? What did he end up on, Jimmy? I'll tell you what he ended up on. Oh, he ended up on three of 11. I love that drop way too much, don't I? <laughs> three of 11. Uh, he and Poole were five of 18, one of eight from three. And then the second half, Jordan Poole caught fire. Still, to be only down six at the half was just hilarious. The Lakers just couldn't put him away. The Lakers' defense was just rubbish all game. And it looked like the Lakers sort of had this under control, right? They're up 10 throughout the third quarter. And then, boom, nine-zip run by the Warriors in the fourth. Zero turnovers for like a 10-minute stretch, which really changed the texture of this game. And the Warriors take the lead. They got up eight in the fourth quarter. Lakers pulled it back to two thanks to Avery Bradley just knocking in a couple of threes. Steph woke up, hit a three. Avery Bradley answered it back. But then the Lakers' defense just kept falling apart. They're giving up like little short rolls to Belly Belitza, who was out there like the fucking second coming of like, I don't know, a combination of Draymond Green and David Lee. And I'll tell you what, the most confusing aspect of this game was having Belly Belitza out there looking like David Lee when they also had Damian Lee out there running around on the court. So you've got a D Lee and you've got a dude who looks like David Lee. I'm like, fuck, it's just David Lee. What is happening? This is bullshit, my brain. It's hurt my brain. So we've just gone back to 2015 all of a sudden. Um, There's like a seven-zip run by the Warriors to close this out amid a bunch of like Lakers turnovers and dumb fuckery. They also missed five or six free throws. There's horrible rebounding by the Lakers. Like, Rusty's running into AD. AD just keeps falling fucking down. Can he have one possession where he stays on his fucking feet? If he does, he might be unstoppable. But it was lovely to see the Warriors moving the ball around the perimeter, and this really led to the dagger three by... Oh, that's right. Not Steph, but Andrew fucking Wiggins. Unbelievable. They had 30 assists on 41 made buckets. They just kicked the shit out of him. Like, the fact that the Lakers defense was running Rusty and Mallow and Rondo out there in the year 2021 of our law. <laughs> I mean, just... Nah. Like, the Warriors punished Mallow. Mallow pump-faked a fucking free throw. It's like, what is happening here? Anyway, LeBron played his ass off and was not rewarded. 34-11-5 for him. Went 5-11 from three as well. And, like... He, I reckon he's, like, trading Russell at fucking halftime. What do you reckon? AD had 33, but that, like, he went one of five from downtown. That last three came at the very end. That was meaningless. And he went two of seven on free throws, which was horrifying to watch for AD. Like, he was so good early on, and then it just hit a fucking wall. Rusty had a horrible debut for the Lakers. Tell you what, nobody saw this coming. Oh, except everybody. Uh, shot four of 13. That was actually bumped up from 3 of 13 after he had a dunk right at the end. He went 0 of 4 from downtown. Classic Rusty. 8, 5, and 3 with 4 turnovers. Rondo played 20 minutes. He had 5 assists, 3 points. He was pretty gross. Mallow had 9 points on 9 shots. The classic old Mallow line. Um, he's going to get you 25 every 3 weeks, and then he'll do 9 on 9 the rest of the time. Bazemore started, and look, at times he'll show flashes where you're like, it's fun to have Kent Bazemore on your team. And then... He'll shoot two of eight from three, which is, as I call it, a Baysmore. Classic Blazemore. His defense on Steph was really good, though, so more props to him. Avery Bradley, two or three from three. Good on him for six points, popping up there on the Lakers after being waived 
by the Warriors just the other day. The Warriors, two turnovers the last 18 minutes of the game was the big turning point here. And Steph, finding his range just that little bit. He had a triple-double, 21-10-10. His first triple-double since 2016. He shot 5 of 21 for those 21 points. Unbelievable. 2 of 8 from 3. Pool had 20 points. That was very handy. After all the off-season hype, he actually lived up to it as well. In that second half, he was amazing. He hit four threes, had 16 points. Wigo had 12 points. Draymond, 6, 8, and 6. But their bench was actually massive. Damian Lee had 15. Iggy had 12 points, went 2 of 5 from downtown. Belly Belitza, 15, 11, and 4. Awesome on the short roll, as mentioned. Just looking like fucking David Lee mixed with Draymond. That was fun. Lakers dropped their home opener. 0-1, the Warriors. 1 and zip. Let's do it. Welcome back to... NBA Australia's approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Oh, that's a knife. Not Steph. He had a triple-double, though, Jimmy. Yeah, but he shot like shit. <laughs> he even admitted after the game. He's like, hey, man, I played like trash. I played like trash and we won this. This is awesome. Uh, this one goes to Giannis because he was absolutely fucking amazing today from the very get-go. Like, if you were thinking, oh, I don't know about the Bucks, man, like championship hangover, etc. fuck that. They were my pick for the title uh, in Monday's show, I believe. And I'll tell you why. It's because we saw it all just laid out in front of us today against the Nets. He was unstoppable, hitting pull-up threes, hitting his free throws. The 32-14-7 almost sort of belies his impact because he, because he didn't have to do a giant amount in the fourth quarter. They sort of just put him away. Middleton... Doing enough, Patty C doing enough. Like, but Giannis just set the tone, ran through the brick wall of just like, oh yeah, cool. The Nets reckon they can stop me. They took us to seven. Guess what? We still won. And then I dropped fifty in a game six clinching NBA Finals game, motherfuckers. Boom, thirty-two, fourteen, and seven. Better have a uh, quick squeeze at his MVP odds. <laughs> Maybe get on it. What do you reckon? Ah, uh, spot of the night though. Spud, 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 <laughs> Where's Ice Cube? Uh, one point, three bound, rebounds, one assist. James Johnson, Bloodsport. I'm not going to put him in spot of the night because he might come and just fucking kill me. Uh, one point, two assists. But obviously this one's got to go to Rusty Westbrook, doesn't it? Because he's also going to come in as uh, Old Mate No Mates. Old mate, no mate. 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 Who's got no mates today? Rusty. I reckon every Laker fan has already traded him. In their mind, in their heart, they're like, nah, I knew this wouldn't work. He was in minus 23 by far. By far the worst on the entire Laker team. He had eight points, five rebounds, four assists, four turnovers. He went 0 of 4 from 3 and shot 4 of 13. As mentioned... Oh, well, there you go, 4 of 13. Uh, he would have been 3 of 12 before that meaningless dunk right at the end. So Rusty's out there just getting traded uh, by LeBron, just sitting going, whoa, I've made a horrible mistake. My thought on this entire thing would be that Rusty, basically you think about the Lakers as pairing Rusty with AD, it's going to take some getting used to, obviously. They'll figure it out. But as of today, Rusty is definitely all mate, no mates. The tricky part is... Without them having someone like KCP to space the floor and just basically play 
the off guard, you know, the swing dude who can play the two, three, just knocking threes, just the classic three and D dude. I've said this plenty of times here on NBA Australia. Kent Bazemore, if he's the answer to the question, then your question's fucked. You're in a really bad spot if you're asking the question where Kent Bazemore's the answer. And they'll probably end up with like a buyout dude at some point during this season. Avery Bradley might already be that dude, but the same po- at the same time, like Avery Bradley was cooked four years ago, and he's probably not going to help you too much either. But it was a nice little you know flash here and there. Maybe he sort of gets into the groove. Maybe they have Rusty, Avery Bradley, and Rondo as the sort of rotation. It kind of works out maybe with just a splash of Bazemore, Malik Monk. Obviously having THT come back at some point after his thumb injury. Wayne, Wayne O'Ellington, same vibes. Like He can shoot, but best of luck seeing him play some fucking defense. So it was a bit of a head-scratcher at the time. Watching Rusty not be able to hit a fucking shot is always a bit of a bracing moment. So Lakers fans today... Rusty is definitely old mate, no mates. And of course, Ben Simmons definitely has no mates. Joel's just like, nah, we're fucking done with this dickhead. What a knob. So we'll get to that later as well. Pantsing of the night, though. Wow. Couple of pantsing of the night. Nikki Claxton got absolutely destroyed by Giannis at the rim in the first quarter. My lord. But that's Giannis. You expect it. How was KD getting fucking demolitionated by fucking Jordan Noir in the fourth quarter of that game today? That was amazing. Noir is just like, nah, bang! And KD's on the ground going, what the fuck just happened? Where did he come from? 100%, you're in the playground, you're just chilling out. It's like, I don't know, morning recess. you got your whole day in front of you. You're feeling good about stuff. You're like, all right, I've settled into this day. I've had a bit of a fucking dry biscuit. I've had a bit of a chooky milk. And then, bang, you're being dacked by somebody that you don't even know. You're like, who the fuck was that? And why did that happen? That was some bullshit. What is going on? So that was pretty funny. Pretty weird. KD getting demolished by Jordan Nawara. And of course, though, I'm so happy to have it back. Let's do it better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. We just mentioned it. Jordan fucking Nawara. He was awesome. 6 of 13 from the floor. 3 of 6 from 3. It was between him and uh, Jordan Poole today. Uh, 3 of 6 from downtown. But I think Nawara just gave us a little bit more, right? Like, Poole gave the Warriors the spark to win this. But Nawara was really just the battering ram to kick down the doors of the Nets and put them to the sword. 15 points, six rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. Just played his ass off. I think at one point I tweeted out, Noir, he's already wrapped up MVP in my mind. <laughs> like, holy shit. That was unreal. Good shit, Jordan Noir. I can't wait for Alonzo to uh, kick off things for Chicago. That's going to be fun to see him out of the Pelicans and to sort of give us a bit of a baseline for better than Alonzo Ball. But for today, it goes to Jordan. Fucking Nawara, which I believe is his full name. Righto, let's uh, go do some Yenars right after. Let's say, I don't know, this one. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some Yanars. They're brought to you by the thedailyliquor.com from East 9th Brewing. If you're in Melbourne, 
Mate, NBA's back. You're getting out of lockdown. Why not go to the online bottler to stock up for the holiday season? What are you doing? They'll bring it to your door, Rona free. It is absolutely unreal. All their Ripper Boo specials are right there. Get right around it. The best bit is, on top of all the amazing beers, wines, and cocktails, you get a free sixer of the Dos Blocos XPA if you bang in the code STRAYER after you spent 20 wing whams. It's for the Melbourne metro area. This offer, same-day delivery for order before noon as well. So go to the dailyliquor.com right now, bang in that code STRAYER, and get a sixer on your mate, Jimmy. Right, we've got some Ripper Yeah Nars for you today. We take a bunch of NBA through lines aside whether they're more yeah or more nah. Number one, Brad McGagan. Jimmy, fuck, you were right about the signs around bangers. Do you reckon we'll see him in the NBA again? Yeah, nah. Look, I didn't mention this at the top because it just ugh, it just sort of sucks. But obviously we knew about the injury for bangers. His agent, uh, Daniel Moldovan, came out and was like, yeah, he's not going to play in the NBA this year. Uh, he's going to recuperate. There's some weird, annoyingly just sad and worrisome moments in the article that was on the ABC about uh, Gorge trying to get a hold of him and see how he's doing. So, look, all I care about for Bangers this year is him getting healthy, getting right, staying right. And I don't want to think about Bangers in basketball. I just want to think about Bangers, Aaron Bangers Baines, just being healthy and feeling good about stuff. That's all it is. Prayers up for bangers, as I tweeted out yesterday. Uh, a bit of a fun one from Brad McGegan as well. If Kyrie decides to get the jab, will he get the Sputnik just to annoy everyone? Yeah, nah. <laughs> yes. I 100% love this. Like, Kyrie's going to be saying, like, hey, man, you didn't say which vaccine I should get. It's like, he's going to go get the Russian one. He's going to get some weird experimental one. You'll, like, grow a fucking tail or something. But either way, Kyrie's definitely going to do something to annoy everybody. Jez Oz, hey, legend. I'm as excited as a teenager getting his first wristy about NBA kicking off. Got a Deadpool baby handful of ENRs for you. Number one. Would anyone have ever thought the two Australian-born number... Uh, two Australian-born NBA number one picks would be at any time vying for the title of biggest fuckstick in the NBA yeah, nah, nah. Like, this is the weirdest part about all this. So, obviously, the Bogut stuff's popping off during the week as well, where he's just being his usual dumb fuck self. And you're like, oh, yeah, good on you. Yeah, you're doing a great job, Andrew. Well played. <laughs> Jesus. I'm just going to come out here and, like, dump on people. Uh, you know, just out here smashing Twitter idiots on Twitter. Um, but Simo and Kyrie, like, We've got a couple of Australian-born number one picks just leading off pretty much every little bit of NBA coverage, and all you can do is go, fuck, really? Like, that sucks. So, yeah, I did not expect that, especially because I think as Australians, we do have such a uh, storied history of basketball as being dudes that we can just 100% always look up to, appreciate, and understand that they'll represent us pretty fucking well, right? We've got a long storied history of that. So it was great to have Patty Thrills go out and absolutely smash it today just to sort of uh, get the horrible taste of Simo and Kyrie out of the old mouth. Um, so, yeah, did not expect that, no. Number two, following on from this, yeah, nah, Kyrie is too far gone to ever be an asset to a team and hence will always be known as Australian-born rather than Aussie. But whilst Benny in his current headspace has a chance to redeem himself because he appears to be getting poor advice from those around him, should he see through his management team's bullshit? I feel like he can become the Aussie hero we know he can be. Yeah, nah. Look, I still think there's a lot of hope, obviously, left for Ben Simmons. He's very young. He's very fucking good. He just needs to get his head put on straight. That's it. So I think you're right. Like, I think he can. If you can sort of basically grow a pair, 
Pull your head out of your ass. Go, wait, what am I doing that's in my best interest? So far at the moment, not very much it appears. <laughs> so I don't know. I think there's a lot of... I have faith that uh, Simo will be fine. Uh, lucky last, the Clippers should clean house except for Pandemic P and play the kids and tank for a lottery pick to set themselves up for next season when Kawhi <laughs> is potentially healthy so they can make a legit run at it. Yeah, nah, nah, because, I mean, in terms of uh, having Pandemic P and Kawhi, like, they're that good that... You kind of need to go the route that they've gone and have those sort of middle-of-the-road role-playing dudes and you sort of got to hope for the best because there's no just quick fix when it comes to rookies really, I think, in the sort of future when it comes to like... I think the NBA at the moment, you sort of look at it and go, all right, that's kind of cool. These are going to be good players. But when you've got superstars like Kawhi and Paul George... And they are superstars. Like, they already own owe their 2022 draft pick to OKC. They then have a swap in 2023 as well. And they have to give it off in 2024. So there's no tanking for them at all. So sucked in, you know? But, I mean, that's this is the only course they can really take. That's how it goes. Uh, next up, Matty Owens. Is Bagley being held out of the starting lineup as part of a Simmons trade, Jimmy? Yeah, nah. Ooh. I don't mind this because... Sacramento has long been one of my favorite uh, sort of landing spots for a Simmons trade because he wants to go to California. It's like, well, you want to go to California? Boom. Sacramento, dickhead. <laughs> that kind of vibe. Thing is, like, you know, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. So maybe Bagley's being held out of the starting lineup to just make sure that while they finagle all the details, who knows? But also, it's the Kings. They could just be fucking the situation that badly because they're the Kings. And I think that is maybe even the most likely situation. <laughs> oh, it's tough, isn't it? Right, then the big one. Dan Drosher came up with a really, really good one, which I appreciate. I love this one. Yeah, nah, the Sixers are at fault as much as Ben Simmons. The bloke who is mentally fragile in playoffs is acting like a mentally fragile douche. At least he's consistent. I mean, the coach and teammates throw the bloke under the bus publicly, so he asks to be traded and tells you he doesn't want to return. You play hardball, ask overs for him in preseason negotiations, and tell the mentally fragile player he'll be fine if he doesn't return to the workplace, which he obviously doesn't want to be at. Then he doesn't act with the highest amount of professionalism, which he's never done in the past, and you seem shocked it's blown up in your face. This outcome was so obvious, it's like how every night after someone starts buying tequila shots, it always ends up with someone spewing on themselves. Yeah, nah, yeah. Like, that's probably one of the most frustrating aspects of all of this, is that it's been fucked by both sides. I mean, a lot has been made about Doc and Joel talking shit about Ben after the Hawks flame out. And they walk that shit back pretty quick. And, like, everyone's like, oh, but I mean, if, if they did that, could you imagine going back there to work? I'm like, if they paid me $33 bucks to do so, then probably, yeah. And, yes, look, I think this is it. It would have hurt. And, obviously, Ben's going through a bunch of stuff and has been going through a bunch of stuff for a very long time. If you saw we talked about it on a Monday, talking about the Ramona Shelbourne piece about the stuff with his uh, sister and half-brother and all this sort of stuff. And the headspace that he's been in probably around for the last year, probably not great. Uh, And when it comes to this sort of thing where it's your team and the team that you were the number one pick for, the team that gave you a max contract, I think you can take a bit of responsibility here, though, if you're Ben. 
You know, sometimes you've got to be mature about stuff and talk it out, and Ben very clearly doesn't want to do that, which speaks to a level of maturity that's frankly pretty fucking mind-bogglingly immature. You know what I'm saying? So the thing is, with that in mind, if Simo had come out right away when he pulled out, well, after the Hawks series and before he pulled out of the Olympics and said, look, my head's not in the right spot at the moment. I'm dealing with some shit. I'm trying to deal with it. In my own way, I'd appreciate a bit of space. It's a process. I'm working myself mentally, etc. You know what? We all would have cut him some slack and gone, right, we understand. Instead, instead they pull that fucking cynical as fuck float out. Oh, Ben Simmons is thinking about maybe not actually whether or not he should play for Australia. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, so he's not playing for Australia. You're floating this out to then do the, you know, soften the blow. Oh, and then boom. The other shoe drops, and I'm pulling out to work on my game. Then he fucks off to Wimbledon. Oh, jeez. You shouldn't shit on a bloke for having a holiday. It's like, I don't know. I think we can shit on a bloke for saying he's going to do one thing and then doing something completely different. But that's where I kind of end up. The fact that he consistently says one thing. It's like, my team is my team. I love this team. I love this city. They're my brothers. And then does the other thing. Fuck him. I hate him. I can't believe that you said that I was bad when I was bad. It's like, sort your shit out. It seems like their team, the team is like, Ben, sort your shit out. We're here when you're ready, but don't come in and half-ass this shit. Be a fucking grown-up. And the Sixers have probably played this too hard. They could have kid-gloved it a little bit more, but at the same time, you're making $33 million a year to not be fucking handled with kid gloves. And when Joel goes, look, I'm not here to babysit anyone, I kind of believe it. Like, if you've worked with someone who's just fucking just being a dick the entire time, A, it sucks, and B, it's like, you're an adult. What are you doing? Yeah, so it's a bit tough. I'll get to the, another little bit more about that in just one second. And then Dan's also thrown on a bit of short year nah for you, Jimmy. Patty Thrill says, fuck your six man of the year award. I'm going for MVP. Yeah, nah. <laughs> he is uh, going to get a lot of shine for six man, so put your money on him right now. All right, unpopular opinion of the... Well, that's a yeah, nah, yeah, fuck yeah. Give him MVP, but he can also win six man of the year, you know? Unpopular opinion of the day... Look at me, look at me. Uh, I don't know if this is unpopular, but it does feel like this is the last straw for Simmons uh, with a lot of basketball fans, especially in Australia, right? Shitting on your teammates and acting like a spoilt sooky prick, but also treating coaches, staff, all that sort of stuff really fucking badly very much feels like the last thing Australians want or expect from, uh, you know, Australian sports stars for them to back. And I think Chris Anstey said a great thing about how, like, we can go and look at Kyrgios and Bernard Tomic and stuff and go, look, Tomic, as Chris said, like, it's not affecting any... Like, the way he goes about his tennis, that's his fucking business. Like, it literally doesn't affect anybody else. Like, he can be a brat, he can do his thing, whatever. Whereas Simmons doing this affects his team, affects his teammates. He's getting paid... Under the salary cap, a huge portion of that team's like actual resources to build around their team. So he's fucking with a whole bunch of other people's games, their livelihoods, uh, just their fucking actual hopes and dreams of winning an NBA title. He's kind of throwing them all under the bus by the same token. Because basketball's a team fucking sport. And if you leave your teammates out to dry and leave them hanging all fucking summer, then you rock up to like where your team is and act like a shithead, even regardless of what fucking Joel and Doc said after the Hawks series, 
which everyone seems to forget was entirely fucking warranted. He shit the bed. The pass. It's always going to be fucking living on in Philly fans' memories. But the fact is, the criticism was warranted. And if you're not big enough to take on that criticism and go, look, yeah, I haven't, my shooting hasn't gotten better in four or five years. I did pass out of a fucking easy bucket because I was afraid to shoot free throws. I'm not mentally there. I want to work on this with you guys. Instead, he's trying to take the easy way out. And I'll tell you what, that's not generating a giant amount of fucking sympathy. You know? So here we are. Um, this is the guy who's refused to take threes, never improved his shooting. Basically gave the old, it's me or him, Jimmy Butler fucking ultimatum. And uh, <laughs> I still think we would have backed him if he had owned up to a bunch of this shit, but he hasn't. Right, Outback Takehouse. It's Wednesday at Outback. You know what that means? Oh, I fucking saw a roo in the back paddock. He was trying to fight me, dog, so I went and beat the shit out of him. Oh, Mary, he had me for a second, but I got him with my shovel. So guess what's up on the special board today, boys? Bush steak. That's right, fucking roo. It goes great as a flame-grilled take. And today's flame-grilled take is... I'll tell you what. The entire Ben Simmons situation is actually high drama being played out between the Sixers and Ben that they all agreed to. That's right, Ben came in so he wouldn't be fine, but Doc pretended to crack the shits and throw him out, and now they can get him to fake an injury, talk about his mental health and pain while they figure out a trade. Only at Outback. I'll tell you what, this is one of the first things that uh, crossed my mind when I was like, oh yeah, so he's been thrown out of practice. It does feel like they're kind of playing out something they've agreed to before. <laughs> right? It's a bit fucky, it's a bit weird. But either way. All right, we'll take a break and we'll be back with Australian Player Watch and a bunch of other fun shit right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, get around Noble. That's right. What are you doing? Go get smart because NBA All-Star... Chris Paul, NASA Commander, Scott Kelly, Reddit co-founder Alexis Ohanian have all got one thing in common, incredible experiences. They've also created audio courses to teach you what they've learned. They're on Knowable, which is a new app where the world's top experts teach new skills in bite-sized audio courses. It's like a podcast. It's like 100% ad-free. It's like Spotify for learning stuff. I love, love, love a bit of the old Knowable. The bloke from NASA teaches about space, which I love. I finally finished The uh, Expanse. When's the new book out? Sometime in November. Can't wait. That's the last one. Uh, Chris Paul talks about the performance benefits of a plant-based lifestyle and Reddit co-founder Alexis Sahanian teaches you how to launch a startup and there's a hundred other experts waiting to teach you something new. So if you're keen on learning some new stuff today, download Knowable from your app store. Bang in the code Straya. Get 20% off. It's sick. I love Knowable. Now you can give them a shot as well. Right. Australian Player Watch today. Patty Thrills goes 7 for 7. 21 points. He was amazing. And uh, it's good to see the G'day mate. Pop up with Iron Eagle. Uh, Jingles kicks off his season against OKC tomorrow. Benny obviously suspended. Matty T goes up against the Pelicans in Benny's place. Uh, we'll see how Matty goes with his shoulder. Hopefully that was just a... Uh, we'll hold him out at the end of preseason just as a precaution. We'll find out tomorrow. Greeny not going till Friday with the Mavs. Josh Giddy, as mentioned, they're playing Jingles and the Jazz. It's going to be great. Two Aussies going head-to-head. And rock him, sock him, block him. Jock him, Landale. Fingers crossed he gets out there for his NBA debut against Orlando. Right, this all in mind, the old Australian player watch, let's do a bit of a uh, great moment in NBA Australia 
Stat history, shall we? Oh yeah, Jimmy, we should. Great moments in NBA Australia stat history. Oh uh, yeah, because I'll tell you what, it's very much a Patty Thrills, Patty Mills moment. Because in 2013-14, Patty did a very similar thing as to what he did today. In a season over, he went 4-4 from the floor, 3-3 three three from three, dropped 12 points in a big season opening win against Memphis. And that leads us very nicely into the other part of this, which is the Shane the Hammer heel, shoot a shoot, shoot a shot, light him up award. He threw it down. Are you healed? Are you healed? Praise the Lord, I'm healed. Praise the Lord for I am healed. That is Patty Thrills today. 7-7 seven seven from the floor, well, from three. And every time he touched the ball, he looked absolutely fucking terrifying. If you're the box, the problem was no one else on that bench stepped up. He was the only bench player to score today for the Nets. The rest of the Nets bench went 0 for 9, while Patty went 7 for 11 and 7 to 7 from downtown for his 21 points. Two rebounds, two assists, and a steal and a block. He was great. He was a plus 7. He was a team high plus 7. He and LaMarcus Aldridge, weirdly enough, were the only actual net positives for the team. So great job, Patty. You love to see it. Right, let's do a quick uh, Patty Mills Game Day Ball Game Day Twitter check-in because it's a great one today. Yeah, because I'll tell you why. It's just Patty. He's back on the old tweet machine. What is he out there tweeting out? Game Day Baller. Game Day. Oh, yeah. He's back at it. I love to see it. And now with a new hashtag, though. Hashtag Brooklyn. Hashtag BK. All day. Fucking love it. He also tweeted out the other day, well, that was fun. First to many in the black and white at Brooklyn Nets. Off he goes, getting his uh, first run in. Right, should we do some uh, game preview and picks? But what we'll do before we do the game previews and wrap up, uh, you know, the first two picks of the season, let's do the team tiers. I mentioned this on Monday's show. We went through all the over and unders, and it was lots of fun. It was lots and lots and lots of fun. But the way I had them all grouped is... I've got my tiers. I always have my tiers when it comes to uh, power ranking all the teams. So this year we've got the absolute flog division, which is Detroit, Orlando, and Houston. I think Orlando might be the worst out of all of them. I kind of trust that Detroit young dudes to be a little bit better than the Orlando guys and maybe Houston. So let's go Orlando, Houston, Detroit. And then OKC are not in the absolute flog division. I think they've just got enough fun, good young dudes that they're in the next tier, which is the bit shit. Bit shit tier. That's right, the Rubens tier, the Imagine Dragons tier. So it goes OKC, the Spurs, the Kings. Unfortunately, the Raptors... Look, the Raptors are probably going to be the one team that I'm really wrong on with the win losses. The infrastructure's there. I just think with Siakam out for a while, maybe OG steps up, but I'm just... There's a lot of question marks i got about the Raptors. But OKC, Spurs... Kings, Raptors, and Wizards in the bit, bit shit tier. And then we go in the young, fun, and full of run and gun, aka the loser, dear Seattle, Ruby Fields tier. New Orleans, the Cavs ahead of the Pelicans. I just, the Zion thing has me shook. I think the Pelicans somehow got worse again this offseason. It's two in a row. I just don't know what's going on in that team. So I've got the Pelicans at 22, the Cavs ahead of them at 21, the Wolves at 20. And I kind of love this one, Charlotte, because the young, fun, and full of run and gun 
it means they could be better than literally any of the next five teams. So Charlotte, I have them at 19. I've got 18 and 17 in their own little tier of their own. The Tommy Yomi uh, tier, which is the injured but a bit fucked but still good tier because Denver has still have a superstar. They've got a reigning MVP. They've got MPJ. They've got Aaron Gordon. They've got filling guards. We saw them still pretty, you know, go hard in the playoffs without Jam and Jamal Murray. But I think over the uh, length of a season, it's going to be a bit tough. And the Clippers are at 17. Same thing without Kawhi. Paul George, he'll be fine. But, geez, when you've only got the one superstar, it gets a little bit tougher. And then we've got the MOR specials, the middle of the road, guys. That's Memphis, the Innings Eaters, the Mumford and Sons of uh, the Tears. Memphis, Chicago, Indy, where you can look at them and go, oh, what? where do they max out at? The four seed, right? And you can sort of see Charlotte being almost better than Denver, the Clippers, Memphis, Chicago, or Indy, but you just don't know because they're a young, 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 young team. The Foo Fighters contenders, a.k.a. the Pretenders, Portland are at 13, the Knicks are at 12, Atlanta at 11, Golden State are at 10. Golden State after today, I'm just saying. Who knows? But Portland are going to be out there as a pretend contender. The Knicks like to think of themselves as a pretend contender, and if it clicks... It could be. If it doesn't, which is more than likely because they're the Knicks, it won't. Atlanta, I really like this year. I think they're going to be fun as hell. Uh, And Golden State, they're in the pretenders bit. They're not in the next tier, which is the Spice Girl contenders, the wannabes. Dallas at 9, Boston at 8, Miami at 7, Philly at 6, pending the Ben Simmons situation, and Utah at 5. They're the teams where if they get through to the finals, you wouldn't actually be all that shocked. You'd be a bit shocked because they're wannabes, but they're in the top 10, so there you go. And then the Grinspoon, champions tier, the proper contenders. I've got Phoenix at four, Brooklyn at three, and of course, my picks for the finals. Lakers and Milwaukee, two and one. I've got the Bucks number one, feeling good about that after uh, today's game. So there you go. There's the uh, tiers as per my promise on Monday's show. Now let's do the game previews and picks. And uh, this will be kind of fun because after we absolutely smashed it last year, it goes 645 of 1142 during the season and 51 of 84 in the playoffs. We went one of two today. We nailed the Milwaukee pick. We missed the Lakers pick, though. Felt good about it for three quarters, but here we are, stuck <laughs> with the Warriors loss. So we've got 11 games tomorrow on Thursday, the real opening night. Chicago at Detroit. Chicago are four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against Detroit. Cade Cunningham, I think, already out. I'm going Chicago minus four and a half. I think that's a bit of a bloodbath. I just don't think Detroit are very good, and I think Chicago might be all right. Charlotte hosting Indy. They're two and a half point favorite against Indy. Indy without Levert. Um, I just can't see Indy putting it together from the very get-go. I think they'll be the sort of team that muddles along early, and then finally it all starts clicking, whereas Charlotte might come out just absolutely on fire. So I'm going Charlotte minus two and a half. Boston go to the New York City Knickerbockers of New York City, and I've gone the Celtics plus two and a half. The two-and-a-half-point underdogs, again, the Knicks have a lot more sort of uh, new moving pieces. they got to uh, assimilate Kemba with RJ, with Julius, whereas Boston, it's just the Tatum and Brown show, and off you go. Uh, Washington at Toronto. I've gone the Raptors minus two-and-a-half because I just think the Raptors are a better team than Washington. They're in the same tier in my tiers, I think, weren't they? Uh, Minnesota host Houston. Five-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going Minnesota there. I think they... Look, if Cat stays healthy, they've got a pretty big floor. You know, the old 35-ish kind of win floor. And if Anthony Edwards and D'Lo can actually sort of step up and really play and actually show a little bit on D, who knows what Minnesota could do this year. But I think they're going to be more than a handful for Houston tomorrow. 
Uh, especially at home, five and a half point favorites. You never feel good trusting Minnesota, but Houston, they're just an absolute just dog's breakfast of a team. <laughs> so uh, give me Minnesota. Philly, go to New Orleans. I still think Philly, even without Simmons, win this. I think this is a statement game from them. They're going, we don't fucking need Benny. Fuck him. And the Pelicans without Zion. Who knows what this team's going to be like, so give me Philly. Cleveland. Oh, geez, here we go. Cleveland. At Memphis. I've gone Cleveland plus seven and a half, and I feel horrible about it because I like Memphis. I think Memphis win this, but Cleveland play them a bit harder than we all expect. They get a little bit closer, and uh, Memphis eke it out. So I'm going to go Cleveland plus seven and a half. They lose, but they cover. Just because they're a weird team. The Sex Man, Garland, Okoro. I don't know, man. Larry, that's a girl's name. Marketing. Go the throw, Jared Allen. Up against that Memphis team with Jar, Triple J. Lots of good stuff. But without Dylan Brooks for the moment, I don't know about Memphis. So give me Cleveland plus seven and a half. San Antonio, six and a half point favorites against Orlando. I think Orlando, again, just an absolute shit show there. I'm going the Spurs. Even though I don't really trust the Spurs that much more, I trust them more than Orlando. Utah, 12 and a half point favorites over OKC. This feels like very much the uh, OKC. Um, that's a lot of respect afforded to Utah. And it's also going, yeah, look, OKC actually aren't that good. Utah are a machine. So I'm going, yeah, with Utah minus 12 and a half. Denver, plus six and a half against Phoenix. Suns in four. Suns in four. He screams again. I'm going to go Denver plus six and a half. I think the, the DeAndre Ayton situation might be a little bit of a spanner in the works early on for Phoenix before Chris Paul pull, gets him to pull his head in. Uh, so I'll take Denver to cover plus six and a half. And then finally, the last game of tomorrow, 11 games. Unbelievable. Portland minus five and a half. Favorites against Sacramento. Give me Portland in a heartbeat. Um, if CJ McCollum's healthy, if Dame's healthy, if Nurk's healthy, if they've got, you know, Covington as well, give me Portland, minus five and, a half, five and a half. Now, a couple of other little Jimmy's best bets, MVP odds, as mentioned, Luka, five and a half. I think he's blown out to six, so get on the Luka bandwagon. LeBron, 15 to one. Um, remember, Giannis, just saying, just give it a bit of a peep. Rookie of the year, Jalen Green, most improved player, Darius Rucker, Judy Garland. Uh, I also love Precious Achua. Just saying. He'll have a bit of an opportunity. Uh, and obviously, Michael Porter Jr. If he's at 10 to 1 still, give it a look. Six man of the year. Paddy Thrills, 14 to 1. I always love that one. Hero, 11 to 1. The scoring title, Brad Beal. The unders I love are Detroit under 25 and a half. Houston under 25 and a half. And the overs were Utah at 53 and a half. And New York City, Knickerbockers of New York City, over 41 and a half wins. We'll see how we go. But either way, NBA's back. And I could not be more happy and excited because we're back daily. That's right. As of today. Daily shows for the rest of the season. Maybe not over the Christmas, but, we'll, you know, we'll figure that out when we get to it. So, uh, we're wrapping up the rest of the opening slate of games tomorrow. That'll be fun. And that's going to be just right in the nuts and guts of it straight away, right? 11 games. Jesus! It'll be fun on the bunt. Right, so, in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey, IG, all over the socials at the moment. Smash NFL Australia if you want to hear me and Gaz yammer on about the NFL. And go check out Adam with World Wrestling Australia. Uh, Adam's covering last week's NXT with five Aussies. All getting matches. Four of them got wins. One didn't because he got beaten by another Aussie. Amazing. So all the usual segments, you can get World Wrestling Australia on YouTube or you can just follow at FWCIE on Twitter for links to new episodes. World Wrestling Australia smashes. Get around the new NBA Australia shop. You can see all the uh, links on the uh, socials or NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Buy some merch. Help me get rid of the last couple of t-shirts. Uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app. Look, I don't ask for much, but at the start of a season, can you help me out? Rate and review it. 
If you haven't already, what are you doing? Come on. Manscaped.com. Use the code STRAYA. Look after your nuts the right way. 20% off and free shipping. Look after your old fella. Look after your junk. What are you doing? Manscaped.com. Use the code STRAYA. Get 20% off. It's amazing. TheDailyLiquor.com. Use the code STRAYA. Get a free six-pack. Noble. Get 20% off when you use the code STRAYA when you download that. Big thanks to From Oslo for the intro to our song. Go check out their new band House Hats. Their album running out of time is out now. And also big thanks go to Joshua Delarentis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green Green Green, and Dozers for all the GGA throughout the show. Smash them on Bandcamp, Triple J on Earth, Faces, Apple Music, Spotify. And remember, NBA Australia supports train bands. So should you, especially right now. And we're going to close out today's show with a brand new Jingles HR. It's a very brief one. And we will catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. Daily. Woo! This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And... Later, Hosanna! G'day, Joe Ingalls here, head of Jingles HR. That's right, the world's leading HR solutions firm. Because, yep, when I'm not sinking threes, blowing kisses, and looking after my kids, or steam cleaning all the furniture in the mansion I own in Paul George's head, I'm the world's leading HR expert, helping you with all your HR questions and problems. So, let's get to this week's question, shall we? It comes, oh, again, from a Ben in Philly. Oh, jeez, here we go. Dearest Joe, Look, you know how I wrote in last week about how I just couldn't understand why my work wasn't paying me because I wasn't doing any work or going to work? Well, now I have rocked up to work and they still don't want to pay me. All because I fucked around and half-assed a group assignment and my boss told me to go home. So I did. Mate, what more can I do? I could appreciate any words of wisdom. Cheers. Ben, a strip club in Philly apparently. Right, geez, uh, I might just have to... Ben, look, I do appreciate you writing in week after week after week, but to be honest, fuck off. I mean, HR is all about KPIs, and you've managed to hit none of them. All you do is come up with another thing that you bring to HR and go, this is a problem for me, and all I can say is you're a problem for everybody else. Everybody else is complaining about you. I think you might be the problem here, so... As a HR manager, that's it. I'd have to. I would have recommended get you getting the ass a couple of weeks ago, with a hefty severance package, of course. But it probably means I'm not here as a resource to help you now. Because remember, we're all humans and we're all resources. But at the moment, you're a bit of a drain because good HR means helping employees reach their potential. And if they don't want to, or if they don't want to actually be an employee of where they're working then a HR manager like myself can't do much. I mean, as we say here all the time at Jingles HR, sowing what you reap is a bit of a pain in the ass, but also more inevitable than my mate Matty getting on the corona tins when he's having a good time. So there you go, Ben. I hope that helps out because I think we might be done here. So that's all we've got time for today. I've been Joe Ingles. Get a job up, you. <laughs>